I was told I was too much to handle for so much of my life. Mm -hmm. And I think so many women are, whether you're told you're too loud or you're too opinionated or you're too needy in relationships or too demanding or your bodies are too much. Mm -hmm. I've never been told that one. I have the body of a (laughs) prepubescent 14-year-old boy. But I'm sure some women out there have been told that their bodies are too much. I've read about it. And so... As I've gotten older, I've realized that those qualities are amazing. Being, you know, loud and having a perspective Mm -hmm. and being um, unapologetic in that perspective and what you want out of life is amazing. Welcome to Persister with Candice Lowry. I am Candice Lowry. What is a persister? A persister is a little play on words of nevertheless she persisted, but also a woman who has truly broken through that glass ceiling and has really forged a path and a name for herself in whatever business she's in. Persister with Candice Lowry is a CastBox original produced alongside Studio 71. CastBox is the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on both both iOS and Android, where you can find all of your favorite podcasts. You can listen to Persister with Candace Lowry wherever you get your podcasts, but I hope you'll give CastBox a shot because I think it's the best. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Persister with Candace Lowry. I am Candice Lowry, and I have Hannah Cranston with me today. Hi. And I'm so excited for you to be here today. I'm excited to be here. We can delve into the tea of politics and gender Mm. norms. (laughs) Sipping it already. (laughs) You are a host, a podcaster, an overall, I feel like, very intelligent lady when it comes to politics and issues. Oh, I thank you. (laughs) Could you just follow me around and Mm -hmm. just sort of like give that intro? That would be great. (laughs) Just in the grocery store, the checker, like (laughs) she's a host. (laughs) Um, But welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and to meet you. Yeah, Yeah. I'm excited. So you were born and raised in LA, right? I was. That is very rare. I know. I'm quite, for quite a, a little bit of a unicorn. Yeah. Anytime someone's like, no, I'm from LA, I'm like, no, but like where? But like, like wh- where are you really <laughs> from? <laughs> like, no, I'm from LA. Um, yeah. Born so, and raised in LA. Yeah. So was your family in entertainment or were you just in? No, not at all. And actually growing up in LA, I was kind of disillusioned with the entire entertainment industry because everybody who I knew and their parents were in it and so I was like no I'm not gonna go into the (laughs) entertainment industry and then lo and behold here I am Um, but I actually went in I went to Duke and I went into school uh, pre-med oh my god yeah and I thought I was gonna be a bio major and live that life Clearly, that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, so what My poor Jewish you parents. To, oh <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, usually, uh, I was talking just to someone else. I'm like, when you decide to go the entertainment route, there's one of two options that your parents have, which is like either to disown you and freak out and be like, oh my God, no, or be super supportive of it. Um, I think they're so. supportive, but I think it worked out well because my sister is in medical school now, oh, okay. so they have like one golden child. <laughs> and I'd be like, we did it half right, you know, 50-50. <laughs> so what made you make that transition at Duke to be like, oh boy, this is actually not what I want to do? Um, I... So I shifted after my first semester at Duke. I realized that science wasn't for me. Honestly, the reason I realized that was because um, I was really 
humbled with the intelligence of the people around me mm. and I got a B in chemistry and I could not handle it. <laughs> like I couldn't deal with it. So I was like, I need to switch careers. I need to switch a different, <laughs> I need to go to a different path. Um, so I ended up studying psychology, economics and business. I thought I was going to go into marketing and advertising and that mm-hmm. whole world. And I graduated with those degrees and I graduated with some offers in marketing. And then I realized, wait, am I really passionate about this? Mm-hmm. Is this something that I really love and want to spend the rest of my life doing? Because um, I think for so many of us, we go through life with blinders on. And we're like, okay, here's the next step, and here's mm-hmm. the next step, and here's the next step. Uh, especially from a Jewish uh, you know, household <laughs> where it's like, you will go to this college and yeah. you will be a doctor or a lawyer. You, <laughs> the world is your oyster. Um, <clears throat> and so I decided to take some time to see what I was really passionate about. And at the time, when Tinder was hot, um, I was going on dates, and I realized that the guys that I was going on dates with didn't know what was going on in Syria. Mm. And I had a really hard time with that. Mm. Um, And I started realizing that I wanted to inform my generation and figure mm-hmm. out a better way to inform my generation because we don't sit down for cable news. Right. We don't read the newspaper. We don't get the newspaper. It's like we live um, on Twitter. Yeah, we live on Twitter, <laughs> on but even opinions. Twitter at this point is like sensory overload uh-huh. sometimes. I don't know about for you, but for me, it stresses yeah. me out. And the facts get blurred and it's just like, yeah, it's too to much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wanted to figure out a better way to inform people my age. And somebody told me about TYT, the Young Turks, mm-hmm. and they were kind of doing that. I thought it was really cool. So I got real aggressive on LinkedIn and, you know, finagled an in, in internship that turned into what I do now. Mm-hmm. But I never, you know, I never had the intent of going in the entertainment industry. And even now, like I know I'm technically yeah, in the entertainment industry, feel, but I don't. It doesn't it feel like authentic journalism. to me. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's like oh, I'm about informing people, and I want to have conversations that inspire people and empower people. So mm-hmm. maybe that's the industry I'm in. Maybe I'll make up a new industry. <laughs> I'm in the industry of empowerment. Yeah. So about that. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think talking because a lot of what. I like to talk about too is kind of getting to that step of being like this is what I want and this is how I'm going to do it and I think sometimes especially being women still like growing Mm -hmm. up it's like I don't want to come off as too aggressive Mm. or I don't want to come off as like a bitch or annoying and so when you were getting kind of aggro on LinkedIn yeah were you just like this is I mean this is what I want and I'm gonna do this and you kind of had this action plan almost yeah so I when I went into my interview they were like we don't really have any positions open Mm -hmm. and I said I will make you copies I will (laughs) you know pour coffee I will clean the toilet I'll work for free which Technically not all like legal, <laughs> but you know it was back, School back credit. in the olden days. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, I told them I do anything. I just want to get my foot in the door, and mm-hmm. they were like, "Okay, cool. Like help with production for two months, and we'll see if you fit somewhere." Mm-hmm. Um, start on Monday, and I started on that Monday, and by Friday they put me on camera, and then I refused to get off camera, obviously. <laughs> but but you know I tell this story sometimes, and oftentimes I'm like. You know, it was so magical. Like Monday Mm -hmm. I started, by Friday I was on camera, and now here's where I am at. But the truth is, especially as women, like you have to ask for what you want. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get anything you don't ask for. So I... I think it was my first day on the internship. I was talking to somebody. I said, yeah, I'd really like to try being on camera. Mm -hmm. I was really, you know, upfront about that. And I think for a lot of women... 
we hope that our skill set and our talent is noticed Mm -hmm. and that just by that we will get the job we want and get the raise and get whatever the promotion or whatever it may be but like I said before people have blinders on they're not paying attention to what you're doing and they're not going to see that spotlight on you right and so you kind of have to I say ask for it but you kind of have to demand it too (laughs) Um, and I think that's uncomfortable for a lot of women Mm -hmm. but I think it's super necessary to get to where we want to be in life and like spoiler alert the guy next to you is doing it Mm -hmm. but women are socialized not to so ask for what you want yeah exactly and everywhere (laughs) in your career in your relationships in life at the grocery store ask for what you want yeah get what you want and then if a guy like honestly i all the people that i was dating when i was going through my bumble phase Mm. Mm. (laughs) bumble versus what a time to be alive (laughs) it was like they were almost not offended but weirded out by the fact that I was very career driven and I think especially growing up in the south a lot of my friends not that there's anything wrong with it but a lot of my friends wanted to get a husband get married and be uh, uh, a stay-at-home mom yeah and that's just not what I wanted Mm -hmm. and I think that even going on dates and stuff when people see that they're like almost intimidated by it which I kind of like but at the same time it's like I'm not intimidated by guys you know saying that they're career driven you know what I mean and yeah. it's just I think it's important to remember that you're not intimidating they're just intimidated yeah you know and I think that like we have to go for what we want and there's nothing wrong like I want to get married I want to have kids yeah. you know I want to spend a lot of time with my kids but I also want to crush my career career. yeah and it's okay to want all those things and be upfront I think being upfront about that especially with guys like Mm -hmm. like on the first date I'm like are you a feminist here's what I want out of life like either you're on board with me or not (laughs) you gotta you gotta be efficient ain't nobody got time to waste (laughs) yeah I know I'm like I don't I have too many things going on yeah (laughs) but um so talking about the first time that you were on camera, mm. was it very nerve-wracking for you or was it like, this is what I want to be doing? I was so nervous before, I, you know, leading up to that yeah. date. Um, and then once I was on camera and I had the lights on me and I was talking about things that I was passionate about, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is what I'm going to do forever. Like, this is for it. the risk no. of my life. Yeah. <laughs> I have found it. Here it is. <laughs> you know, sign me up. And that, and even now, I don't, get nervous that often. I think mm-hmm. there's things that I prep for more and there's things right. that I'm like, okay, I need to do more work on myself or my techniques so that I'm better at. But I think when you're doing something that feels authentic and it feels genuine and you're good at, mm-hmm. I think it just kind of flows really easily and that's when you know you're in the right mm-hmm. spot. I'm sure you've had the similar you know, yeah. experiences in your career where you're just like, wow, this is, seems too easy and yeah. you know it's right, you know? Like, exactly. that's such a good sign. And I think one of the things that is probably in common with us is that we were in this weird career where it's you're in entertainment, like mm-hmm. we said, but kind of journalism, but kind of like your personality as well. And so there was something that's very vulnerable about mm-hmm. doing that. And I think I've noticed, especially that women on any sort of political climate are treated so much differently and with easy access to Twitter and YouTube and stupid kids being on Twitter and YouTube. Did you 
start was there a moment where you started to see that people were kind of trolling you once you were on camera day or? one okay day one yeah <laughs> yeah I think so I think any woman with an online presence whether you mm-hmm. have a large platform or you have you know a hundred of your friends who are following you um God bless you if you have 100 friends. I don't have that many real friends. I know, me neither. Yeah, I don't know why I said that number. That seems like a very large number. 100 friends in my number. 20s. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> um, um, I, I think you expose yourself to harassment, which is mm-hmm. awful and horrifying, but that's the truth of the matter. And then I think if you do have a bigger platform and you are expressing an opinion, mm-hmm. which a lot of people, a lot of men don't really don't like, like – um, I, I faced a lot of backlash. I faced a lot of criticism on my beliefs, which, like, fine, disagree with me. I don't – Yeah. That's, I, that's how the world works. That's cool. But then, like, my appearance, the way I carry myself, like, I've, get, you know, gotten crap about my nail polish. Oh, my God. Um, people criticize my family. That's when it gets to me mm-hmm. more because I'm like, why are you – like, they didn't sign up for this. Right. You know? Um, I For the first time ever, I just put – uh, posted a photo of my boyfriend. I've never mm-hmm. posted about a boyfriend mm-hmm. publicly before, and I just recently did it. And I knew sort of like the backlash mm-hmm. that he was going to get, and that like made me sick Anxious. because he didn't, yeah, he didn't sign up for this. Like I signed up for it. Yeah. Um, I don't think anybody signs up for harassment, but unfortunately, <laughs> that's, 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 yeah, the name of the game. Yeah. I remember I did a BuzzFeed video with my mom, mm. and I was very nervous because she's always, you know, contacted me. I don't know if your parents have before where they read something. Yes, that's and the worst. And then they're upset. And I'm like, please do not take this personally, mom. Like, you know, I can handle it. These people, I, you kind of get that thick how long, skin. How long did it take you to be able to, like, handle it and get that thick skin? I think the good thing was that at BuzzFeed there were other women there and we were all going through it together. And we just had to realize, like, these are sad people, you know. And there's also other girls out there that we are encouraging and representing. And so if we show that it gets to us, it'll get to them. And so um, I think it it was hard at first, especially seeing, like, uh, people thought I looked like Monica Lewinsky all the time. I don't know why. one big I know it's super weird weird. but I remember I had um I did one video where I got my first tattoo and it was tiny and it hurt really bad (laughs) they're like this bitch is so overdramatic like kill her like you know all this stuff and that's when I really realized like wow these people don't know me like yeah you know I can't waste my time on this. Yeah. But. I think there's this sort of like sense. I know like when I've when I've struggled in the past, people are like, oh, mm-hmm. sort of just like brush it off your shoulder. And yeah. I think there's so much of the criticism that you can really brush off your shoulder. Yeah. Like I've never written a mean comment on yeah. anything, especially a stranger <laughs> or something. Like if I found out a friend of mine posted a mean comment on like a celebrity's Instagram, I'd be like, oh, we're not friends anymore. Yeah. Like that's really, really weird. Yeah. I do think that there's a weird, there's a line that is crossed when like, I'm sure you've received the same like death threats, rape threats. Like I think that crosses a line for me where it's like, oh, that's allowed to get to me. Yeah. Like that I can't brush off. That's actually threatening my safety. Yeah. Now. And I... <laughs> I had I shouldn't say this, but I had this breaking point where this one guy said, like, I hope you get raped. And I found his profile and like his first and last name 
contacted his mom on Facebook on like a private God message. Bless you, girl. And I was like, this guy, like your son is harassing me and possibly other women and like she apologized and all of his like profile everything was gone the next day and i was like oh shit. i was like oh shit like i just ruined this kid's life but oh, he needed it he needed he needed a little slap on the wrist but damn but that's i but that, that's the only time i know i'm like facebook stalking this 14 year old kid but do you find like the people that give you criticism are mostly young boys or I find boys and also women a lot of women hurting oh, other women really it which is that's the hardest part is yeah like, hey we're on the same team I know don't do that it's like we're already being harassed like let's just be friends with each other like, there needs to be no infighting <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah I think I want to talk more about how like what your advice is for other women that are going through this yeah. or that feel apprehensive about being in front of uh, mm-hmm. in front of a digital audience because they know that in the back of their mind there's always going to be someone that wants to yeah. emotionally hurt them and right. so um i think that we're going to take a quick break and then get into that and more of your podcast as you know i'm not married but i want to be eventually in my life and i think that i will probably use zola Zola, the wedding company that will do anything for love, is reinventing the wedding planning and registry experience to make the happiest moments in couples' lives even happier. From engagement to wedding and decorating your first home, Zola is there combining compassionate customer service with modern tools and technology, all in the service of love. And when I think about getting married, I think about all the time and stress that's going to go into it. And so it's pretty nice that something like this is here. Zola is the easiest way to plan your wedding and register. So join 500,000 couples who've used Zola. It takes the stress out of wedding planning with free wedding websites, your dream wedding registry, affordable save the dates and invitations, and easy to use planning tools. You can conveniently manage everything online and in one place, which saves so much time for couples. Just start with the free wedding website. It's so easy and takes just a minute to set up. So there's over 100 wedding website designs to choose from that fit any couple style and every type of wedding. It makes it easy to personalize your favorite design with all your wedding details. You can add photos, stories about how you two met, travel and accommodation info, and even recommend things to do for your guests while they're in town for your wedding. An FAQ section helps address those awkward questions like, can I bring my kids? Or do I have a plus one? You can put your Zola registry on your wedding website so guests can get all the details they need and buy your wedding gift in one convenient and beautiful place. Zola makes registering for newlywed life so easy. The Zola store has the widest selection of gifts at all different price points, and there's something for every guest to give. You can also create a fund for your honeymoon, future home, new puppy, or anything you want. To start your free wedding website and also get $50 off your registry on Zola, go to Zola.com slash Persister. So that's Zola, Z-O-L-A, dot com slash P-E-R-S-I-S-T-E-R. I have gone through so many different types of hair products in my life, especially with my fluffy hair. 
But one day I tried Living Proof and I absolutely loved it, especially their no frizz shampoo and conditioner. And I have it in my bathroom right now. So Living Proof approaches the toughest beauty challenges with technology from MIT scientists. So no wonder why it worked. And you know you're dealing with science, not just marketing gimmicks. From frizz to damage to fullness, Living Proof products do exactly what they claim to do without using silicones, parabens, phthalates, or animal testing. Like their award-winning dry shampoo that actually cleans your hair. Unlike other dry shampoos on the market, Living Proof doesn't just mask oil, sweat, and odors, but removes them completely, leaving your hair looking clean, fresh, and ready to take on the day. So let me tell you a little bit about my experience. I have very puffy hair. I grew up in a hot, humid environment, and I never found anything that really just made my hair feel good without feeling weighted down. And that's why I really liked the Living Proof No Frizz Shampoo and Conditioner. And I also use the spray after I'm done to help with humidity and rain and anything like that. So it's no wonder they've won eight Best of Beauty Breakthrough Awards. Living Proof is delivering results that you can see from across the room. So do what I did and make the switch to Living Proof today by visiting livingproof.com persister and use promo code persister. P-E-R-S-I-S-T-E-R to get a free sample of their award-winning dry shampoo with your purchase. That's livingproof.com slash persister. Promo code persister for a free sample of dry shampoo with your purchase. Livingproof.com slash persister. Promo code persister. Welcome back to Persister. I'm still here with Hannah Cranston and we are talking about the big wide world of YouTube. Mm. And it can be the best and it can be the worst sometimes. Yeah, very true. <laughs> um, but going off of these comments, what would you say to women that want to start to talk about news or yeah. discuss politics or discuss these issues, but they're apprehensive in a way because they know that there is some sort of dangerous culture online. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's kind of like once you cross that line to get into YouTube to – be online, there's really no going back. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, my advice would be to remember why you're doing it and think about why you're doing it. Because at the end of the day, I'm not doing what I do to be a YouTuber or an influencer or anything mm-hmm. like that. I'm doing it because I believe in the message that I'm trying to spread and the things that I'm saying. Um, and so that really drives me and that that's mm-hmm. more important than what some – twerp in his mom's basement (laughs) has to say um and i get messages while i get you know dick pics and threats Mm. and like the you know just the worst vitriol you can imagine i also get messages from like 16 year old girls who tell me that i inspired their feminist ideology which like mm-hmm. could you want more exactly. in life than that I don't yeah. think so like I think I could die happy you know hearing that um and I've gotten you know so many messages somebody said that my videos inspired them to not commit suicide mm. so like f off to all the trolls yeah. who have to say anything like those messages are so much more powerful yeah. and worth so much more to me than a million troll comments. Right. So, you know, sort of weighing that and balancing that out to me is is kind of how I keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. And I think for young women, 
or any woman who is trying to move into the digital sphere to remember that you know, with the negative comes so much positive and you mm-hmm. have the ability to make so much change. And at the beginning of my career, somebody said this to me. It's a really weird um, analogy, but for some reason it sticks with me and I think about it a lot. He said, you could be the juiciest peach in the world, <laughs> which is like very weirdly sexual. But he said, <laughs> like, you could be the juiciest peach in the world and still there are going to be people who don't like peaches. Mm. And I was like, wow, I should change the fruit. That would probably make it. Peach <laughs> just seems so sexual. I'm just going <laughs> to sh- sh- shift that the next time the I kiwi, tell this story. <laughs> Orange? <laughs> yeah, something like that. But do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's, no matter what you do, people are going to hate you. Someone's going to be mean. People hate Oprah. Like, I mean, what are you going to do? Oh, my God. I couldn't hate Oprah. How, how could anybody? But <laughs> somebody like out there <laughs> hates Oprah and they're crazy. But she probably gets mean comments, too. You yeah. know, we know that she deals with so much racism and so many other so much bigotry online and stuff like that. So, like, if we're dealing with it, if Oprah's dealing with it, we're on the same boat. Yeah. Remember yeah. that. You're in the same boat as Oprah. It's a great boat. Guys. It's a yacht. What more we're in a yacht. Um, so you were, I mean, TYT was a huge part of your career. Yeah. Um, and leaving and, and making that transition, I think sometimes it's hard to leave something or have something taken away from you that's so important. Mm. So... Like, even leaving BuzzFeed, it was like, am I making the right decision? Did you have a moment where you were kind of questioning where you wanted to go after that? Or were you ready to take the next step? I was really ready to take the next step. I was really excited about starting to do long-form content. Mm Because everything on YouTube is so short. Everything's like five to seven minutes. And I have a lot to say (laughs) and I want to talk more so I was really really excited to start exploring that and being able to say everything I wanted to say and research and really have this this creation and this content that I was really proud of Mm -hmm. I think I as much as I'm grateful for for TYT and for my show Think Tank I think I'd kind of grown out of it right I stopped kind of like I was able to prep in the, you know 30 minutes and then mm-hmm. I was on on air you know mm-hmm. and for me I want to feel challenged constantly and I want to feel like I'm doing something that puts me a little bit outside of my comfort zone and so I was really ready for that leap mm-hmm. um, and now doing doing the podcast I have that opportunity where I can talk about things for as long as I want <laughs> and really get into things that I'm super passionate about like I'll be texting I'll be prepping for the podcast and texting my boyfriend. Holy crap, like I need you to read this stat. Like, oh my God, this is crazy. I love my job, you know? And that's a feeling that that you want to have. You want to yeah. feel like you're so flipping excited about and challenged your job. too. Yeah. I think doing something like that is like, hey, you know, this is a totally new challenge. And to me too, if you're not being challenged anymore, it's like, yeah, yeah time to go. <laughs> so you started your podcast. Yes. And I actually love the theme around it, kind of not only breaking down these stigmas with women, but yeah. also challenging them too. Yeah. And so, what really, 
was the driving factor behind the theme of it? So my podcast is called Too Much to Handle. So I'm a big pun fan because I'm a hey. dad. So Han, <laughs> obviously. Um, uh, but also because I was told I was too much to handle for so much of my life. Mm-hmm. And I think so many women are. Whether you're told you're too loud or you're too opinionated or you're too needy in relationships or too demanding or your bodies are too much. Mm-hmm. I, I've never been told that one. I have the body of a prepubescent 14-year-old boy. <laughs> but I'm sure some women out there have been told that their bodies are too much. Yeah. I've read about it. And so as I've gotten older, I've realized that those qualities are amazing. Being you know, loud and having a perspective mm-hmm. and being um, unapologetic in that perspective and what you want out of life is amazing and we should celebrate those qualities instead of trying to squash them right and so that's really where I found the inspiration for my podcast and figuring out different ways and talking about things that women who are quote unquote too much are talking about behind closed doors that Mm -hmm. those conversations aren't being had in Mm -hmm. in mass media and I was like that's stupid because I've had this conversation with I've had some of the conversations I've had on my podcast with girlfriends of different circles many many times and I've never read anything about it or heard anything about it I was like well I'm gonna start having this clearly everybody's thinking about it yeah so let's just (laughs) send it out you know I, I think it's very interesting um, and cool that you had your mom on a feminist episode. Because I think, like, I, when I saw that, I was like, have I talked to my mom about feminism? I had you never, know? until this episode, I had never done it. And yeah. I'm a cr- crazy feminist, you know? And <laughs> yeah. I'd never done it. Which I thought was interesting, and I want to talk to my mom about Because, like, we're both career-driven. Yeah. But in, there's never been really a conversation about what we've really been faced with, you know, even from both generations and how it's changing and kind of seeing it that way. But is there something... Wait, you have to do it now. I know. And you have to report back. Now I gotta have... I'm giving you homework. Now I gotta have my mom on here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, mom. But, I mean, going back on having your parents or someone close to you um, kind of shown to that Mm -hmm. digital world, was Mm -hmm. there a little apprehension that you had with that or not so much because podcast is a little different because it's not that same sort of immediate response Mm -hmm. in the comments and you can see it right then and there um i think my mom was maybe a little nervous because she's seen like i don't i try not to read the comments for the most part at this point in my career but um my mom i think still looks at them and i think she was nervous about them being directed at her but she was a badass and came on and did it anyway. And I think that's sort of the the message for, for women who do want to do that. It's like, do it anyway and mm-hmm. get your voice out there. Because to let the fear or any fear um, hold you back from doing something is re- regrettable. Mm-hmm. You will regret that. Yeah. Yeah. And did you ever have a moment where you kind of looked at yourself like – and been really discouraged and down about things and just like, I don't know what I'm doing here, you know? Yeah, all Every the flipping day. time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I'm a very confident woman and I love what I do and I know what I'm doing and what I want to achieve in this world. 
But there, of course, there are mornings all the time I wake up. I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Have I made a huge mistake? Should I go into a regular career? Yeah. <gasps> oh, my God. I, feel like, I mean, I think we all feel stifled at some point where we feel like suffocated with the choices we've made and what we're doing and how we're doing it. Of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, that makes us human. And if you we're say that you don't feel that way from time to time or every day, you're lying. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I know. I mean, right? still, I mean, I'm sure the most successful people still, too, are just like, Beyonce's got to wake up some days and be like, am I doing this right? She just looks at Blue and she's like, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> Blue, I, I think we, I mean, everybody has imposter syndrome, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. we all feel like we're all faking it till we make it. I mean, just like your your last episode. I know. I'm like, but we are. I know. And she was like, just pretend you know what you're doing. I was like, this is actually great advice. It is. It's so true. <laughs> it is so true. And I think it's probably nice Mm. to have a significant other too that is able to be encouraging of you and your growth and I think unfortunately that is hard to find too Uh, this is probably the first significant other that I've dated that was full-heartedly supportive and proud of what I was doing because it is hard because it is so public Mm -hmm. and I'm so um, outspoken and I think a lot of men have trouble with that and I think men have trouble too like seeing people say they want to do things to my butt you know like that's (laughs) that's hard for a boyfriend to see too so I'm really fortunate but it took a lot of time it took a lot of tindering it's like bumbling I've been on to hinging what are the other ones I've been on oh I tried coffee meets bagel like once and then I was like I can't deal with this one person that was too much yeah that was a no-go for me but like it did take a lot of yeah. Searching. <laughs> yeah. To and find somebody who like is supportive. But I'm sure you have had a similar yeah. situation finding somebody who was like, No, I'm gonna be on be on your team. I think when we date other people, when it becomes like a you versus me, like, oh, you're mm-hmm. succeeding and you're so career driven and I'm doing this over here, I think that's when you run into problems. But your success should be their success and their yeah. success should be your success. You're on the same team. You know, yeah. and if you remember that you're on the same team and when you win, everybody wins. Then yeah. I think you'll have a more egalitarian, but also just like a better relationship in general. Yeah. And even when I got this new job and raised, I'm like, we're going to do so many cool things that I have this now on X, Y, and Z. And I think that him being willing to move out too yeah, with damn. me, I was like, oh shit, <laughs> please don't be mad at me. But um, it's a new adventure. But yeah, it is so important to have people in your life mm-hmm. that are very supportive of you. And I think sometimes, especially being in entertainment or being in media, Mm. it's hard sometimes to have genuine close girlfriends because it can be so competitive and people can pit people against each other. And it's just, I think that that has been a big issue that I've faced almost like you don't know if people are genuinely like wanting to be your friend. And I'm wondering if you've had that experience um, in your career? Um, I, I definitely think that having girlfriends who celebrate your successes, who are also there, of course, during the hard times, but mm-hmm. who also celebrate your successes is really important. And it's a really quick filter mm-hmm. for girlfriends. If, you're the, if they're not down to like build you up, especially when you're doing well, Nah, I like I don't have time for you're that. Up. I'm sorry, because <laughs> uh, I want to build you up no matter what you're doing. You know what I mean? And I think we need to celebrate each other's successes, even if you're not friends. I think all women should celebrate each other's successes. Um, I haven't 
maybe I just like live in my own bubble where I assume that everybody just wants to be my <laughs> friend because they like me and they yeah. don't want anything from me. Um, so I don't know if I've experienced that, but mm-hmm. I will say that my closest friends are friends that I've had for a really long time. Yeah. yeah. That my closest friends are friends before all of this, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't think that means anything. I think I just really value like that close. Loyalty. I'm not a girl who has like a lot of friends in general. I just don't like people. <laughs> so like I have my small group of girlfriends that yeah. I just kind of like that's my circle and that's who I like kind of stuck with. Yeah, and it's important to have that, you know, and um, I think it's fun, too, that they come on your podcast. Yeah. You know them, but in terms of looking forward yes. when you've started this, do you have a goal as of right now where you want to be, you know? And for the podcast, you mean? Yeah, just podcast or career in general. I think, you know, kind of being your own boss at this point yeah. is – New and exciting. <laughs> Sometimes my boss can be such a bitch. But, <laughs> but um, I my goal is to inspire women to live their best and fullest selves. Mm-hmm. And I think that's within careers, within relationships, with their love for themselves and for their bodies and for how they're moving through this world. And however I can achieve that, whether it be through the podcast, um, I've written in the past, I'd love to write books in the future. Mm -hmm. I, uh, you know, eventually want to get back in front of the camera. However I can achieve that goal, I'm down. (laughs) So if, you know, whatever, um, I don't know, what was the six second video app that disappeared? Vine. Vine. If Vine comes back and that's like the hot (laughs) thing and like that's how I can reach the most people to inspire this, then I'll become a Viner. You know, I I just want to, like, I want to achieve my goal whatever means possible. That's kind of like, that's my North Star and figuring out how to get there, I think will just come with time. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good answer. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so what is one episode that you're dying to do on your podcast or talk about? Ooh, that's a really good one that I haven't done yet. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Because I feel like there's a lot of good issues that I've, I mean, that I've seen oh, so far. Oh, I know. Um, I want to do a series about how Disney effed us up. So, oh, like with princesses, with different princesses. So each each princess, mm. I want to go through each princess, and and cartoon movies in general. I don't want to like exclude Pixar. I don't want to single Disney out. Yeah, but I just think like talking about these sort of weird ideals that have been set out for us. Like I thought as a kid because I'd seen. Cinderella that I was going to walk into a room and there was going to be a spotlight on me and a man would be like I want that one. I wish. Yeah, that, like that was that a would beautiful be, spotlight on you. You know, like pretty every that, day. that <laughs> nice lighting, a no, little filter. No, but that your but life like, was determined by who was going to choose you. Well, yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. And I think women are still like waiting for to figure out like who's going to choose them rather than who they're going to choose. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's different issues like that that I know we're just perpetuated by Disney princesses that I'd like to squash and debunk <laughs> because I mean even The Bachelor we're watching Cinderella every season I know it's so fucked up but I love it I know I know <laughs> so I actually that, I really want to do an episode about why we still love, love The Bachelor because it's, it's, it's so, so hard there's so many things that I like love and watch that are problematic that yeah. like just recognizing and knowing it with a critical eye I feel like I can still watch it yeah maybe 
It's like Bachelor in Paradise is my guilty pleasure too. Oh, it's really? Bad. Yeah. If someone told me to watch Bachelor in Paradise and it's like, have you seen it? I've seen it. I didn't get hooked on it. <sighs> it's a I lot. It's a lot. I like on. I like The Bachelorette. Maybe mm-hmm. that's like an effed up. <laughs> like I don't like The Bachelor, but only because I just started watching recently and I watched Ari's season. And I was like, this guy sucks. Oh my god! Why, he, are, why I couldn't are these get girls watching like fighting over this I know. guy? I couldn't get through that one honestly. Um, but, but I'll watch Colton. I'll watch Colton. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going off on it. <laughs> so I think just in summation, yes. Um, what is one thing that you would tell? Um, you know, all the ladies out there that are aspiring to be, um, you know, career-driven, successful women. Mm. Um, don't ever take no for an answer. So even if, you know, your opportunities are uh, squandered in one place, that doesn't mean they'll be squandered in another. Yeah. And remember that you are a unique and powerful gift to this world and everybody has a different gift that they're giving but being authentic about that and figuring out by any means possible how to share that gift with the world Mm -hmm. is what you need to be doing yeah and you are a badass (laughs) that's what i tell them um thank you so much for coming on and where can once again too much to handle where can people find you or where do you want people to find you? <laughs> My address is. <laughs> uh, people can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Hannah Cranston and on Facebook at Hannah Cranston host. And then obviously I would love for you to listen to my new podcast, Too Much to Handle. You can find it anywhere that podcasts are broadcast. Um, and I would love to hear your thoughts. Cool. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. This was great. This went by so fast. Yay, that was so fun. All right. Should I say goodbye? All right. I'm saying goodbye. (laughs) All right, we'll see you next time. Bye.